All right, my good people, welcome to Coach on the Floor. This is your boy, Dr. J. For all you leaders out there, aspiring or seasoned, I want to spend about 11 minutes or so. Yep, 11 minutes. That number 11 comes from humble beginnings as my basketball jersey number as a point guard. From lessons as a basketball player and being a leader and a coach on the floor, there are amazing parallels from that particular position to my current executive leadership position. The lessons are fundamentally the same. So I want to introduce to you to what I call my starting five on the B team. And that B is uh, synonymous with an action word. So the number one, by far, the number one leadership principle. You know what Proverbs says, without vision, the people will perish. So number one, leaders must be visionary. Number two, I think in leadership, people are your most influential, your most profound, your most important commodity. You need people on your team. You need customers. You need partners. So number two, you got to build trust with those people. Be trustful along those same lines. Number three, relationships are absolutely important. So number three, you must have a well grounding in being confident and aware and relational with not only yourself but other people. Be emotionally intelligent. Number four, as you know, leadership is a lifelong learning process. So number four, be academically intelligent. And the final leadership principle that I want to articulate on my starting five would be be results oriented. The great Herb Edwards, who was a former coach for the New York Jets, once said, the whole point of the game is to win. You must win the game. So be results driven is absolutely critical throughout your leadership process. Although there are five fundamental principles that I strongly believe in, this podcast will be allocated, allocated, I'm sorry, to one of those principles, and that's vision. Now, there are many global, national, well-recognized, famous visionaries that you know all too well, that I know, that you have researched and you have read about, you have seen on national publications and TV and so forth and so on. And we certainly in upcoming podcasts will be highlighting many of those visionaries. But I would certainly be remiss if I did not start my podcast conversation about vision if I did not identify and talk about and highlight the most prominent, the most profound visionary that I have been exposed to. I mean, this person 
uh, finished school in the eighth grade, or should I say, dropped out of school in the eighth grade to uh, assist his family, to raise his siblings as an the eldest child, and keep in mind uh, these experiences were birthed and uh, started in the Deep South during the late 1920s. This person also found an amazing, stunning young lady in Elizabeth City, North Carolina, that got married in the late teens and moved up north for better economic opportunities, raised 10 very successful children in their own right. And at the age of uh, the late 50s, uh, he lost his wife. And uh, during that same time, he said yes to a family cry to uh, raise uh, an infant of two weeks old. And yes, that infant was me. So this 57-year-old man, after raising his own kids, my grandfather is the visionary that I want to highlight in this particular podcast. Now, if he was here, rest in peace uh, to my grandfather, but if he was here and asked to articulate his life or his vision, uh, I know it would be very similar to two fundamental words And those words are very simple. Uh, And I would like to kind of frame this podcast around vision uh, within the context of these specific words. Do right. And that's what my grandfather did his entire life. That was his message uh, to himself and to the world. So there are three specific buckets or conceptual frameworks that I want to uh, talk about for the remaining time that we have on this podcast. And my grandfather would articulate them as number one, having a strong faith. He certainly believed in himself, but he would prioritize and highlight a strong belief and connection and relationship with his Lord and Savior. Now, I want you to try, for those of you who need to, not be distracted by the religious context here, because I think you'll miss the purpose and the intention of the importance of leaders having to have a strong belief system. Now, whether you call it a higher power or being exposed to positive energy or a particular God, uh, I think that's aside from the connotation of this element. But having exposure and not being distracted with the many disruptive forces or the darker days or trials and tribulations that many leaders have to face during their journey and tenure as a visionary because they will come for example I cannot count how many times I've been faced with funding issues and workforce challenges and maybe there are issues around partnership relationships and disruptions and best practices or inconsistencies and trends and 
barriers and whatever they may be, as a leader, as you know, there will be consistent, quote, quote unquote, consistent challenges throughout your leadership experiences, whether you are a sports coach and maybe have a losing season, or maybe you are a clergy leader and uh, you have folks leaving the church and building and facility challenges, whatever they may be, you know, as a leader, there will be distractions that will challenge you as a leader, as a visionary. So having access to your internal and external belief systems can be life-changing or life-saving or business-sustaining, uh, if you will. Uh, having the strength and having the framework and the grounding of um, your faith can be the ultimate difference. And I've seen my grandfather rely so heavily on his Lord and Savior by way of not only um, during the darker days, but also within the context of having gratitude of the better days as well. So I think there are tremendous translation opportunities on how you can utilize your faith system as a visionary leader. Number two. You know, Tina Turner made a lot of money with many of her hits, but one of the most famous hit that she uh, was responsible for, she sang a song called, and many of you may be aware of this particular song, I'm aging myself a little bit, I guess, What's Love Have to Do With It? So love would be the second conceptual tenet that my grandfather would endorse, and obviously I'm not always talking about intimate love, but I'm really referring to compassion, genuineness, patience, taking care of your neighbor, having your teams back, being there for them, uh, being able to answer the question, uh, do you love what you do, being able to respond to the inquiry of, do you love those who help you do what you do and perhaps those who maybe do not love you i think there is a place for having a warm compassionate heart in the leadership spaces i think there is a place in uh, not only being passionate but loving what you do and loving those who help you to do it uh, Patrick Lencioni once wrote a book called The Three Signs of a Miserable Job. And one of the uh, most profound signs that he talks about is having a direct emotional connection with your supervisor. And the other end of that is there's misery often in his research when there is no or when there is a negative connection with the supervisor. So not only loving what you do, but having compassion, uh, having genuineness, and uh, being in tune emotionally with the folks that you work with, whether they're your direct uh, reports, whether or not they're your colleagues, uh, whether or not they're your superiors or stakeholders or professional partners. I think centering those working in leadership practices around vision with love can uh, enhance the experience. The final 
And the third uh, element under this space of doing right that my grandfather has exercised uh, for so many years is around this sense of work ethic. Now, I don't think anyone can argue in, with this particular tenant. You've heard many people say, you know, the early bird catches the worm or faith, faith without works is dead. You know, I've watched my grandfather wake up four and five o'clock in the morning, starting with prayer, uh, taking care of all the duties associated with a small farm with very limited resources. I know that's a familiar trend with many uh, business and nonprofits and leaders and visionaries. Sometimes you have to do more with less. I've watched him prepare breakfast, uh, assist me with getting me off to school, uh, going to work nine and ten hours a day as a groundskeeper uh, in a local uh, establishment. I've watched him come home, uh, prepare dinner, uh, again take care of the evening duties associated with the farm, uh, chopping wood and uh, you know, landscaping around the house and just taking care of the daily needs associated with being a single grandfather. We would eat dinner and he would spend some time with me. We would pray and then we'd go to bed. And keep in mind, this is just one day's worth of visionary work of doing right. And he fundamentally believed this was the way that life was supposed to be lived. And keep in mind, throughout the days and the weeks and the years, he was very involved in his church. So we attended church quite often throughout the week. He was a biblical scholar in the church and relied upon to uh, be very supportive in terms of the young and aspiring leaders in the church, uh, you know, with the clergy population. He was very involved with visiting family and having uh, family come over and taking care with accommodating and being uh, hospitable, you know, with family and friends. And I watched him do this for over 15 or so years. So what it meant to me as I reflect on some of those day-to-day, week-to-week, month-to-month, year-to-year experiences over, I mean, almost 20 years I've watched this. And I'm reminded of the importance of, yeah, work ethic, but consistency and focus must be aligned with your overall vision within the context of work ethic. I mean, I've seen leaders, and I know you have too, who have lost their diligence because their work ethic becomes inconsistent with their overall vision. Uh, You know, for example, an example on a smaller context, and I know many of you may have been in these particular uh, circumstances as well. I've been asked to, you know, speak in many venues to varying populations on this topic and that topic, or serving on a particular board or advisory council or some group, or attend this meeting or take this job or that job. And keep in mind, many of these opportunities came with pretty generous wages, but I had to politely, all in love as well, 
uh, politely declined because many of those opportunities were inconsistent with my overall vision. So we'll be challenged again and again and again uh, to look ourselves in the mirror and making sure that our behavior, particularly around work ethic, is constantly consistent with what we believe uh, resides in a space consistent with our personal and professional vision. All right, folks, I hope you've enjoyed uh, this podcast uh, on vision. Remember these three uh, specific concepts that my grandfather endorsed and practiced and lived and modeled so eloquently on a consistent basis. Uh, Number one, uh, first you have to start with faith and being connected and exposed to an external source, whatever you call it. Uh, Number two, you know, uh, being in a position where your heart is the center of your leadership, the center of your vision, that love has its place in terms of uh, improving outcomes or impact or results or winning attitude. And the third and final principle or tenet that my grandfather would certainly identify and promote is this concept around work ethic and being consistent and staying the course and focus around what you do as it uh, resonates with your particular vision. All right, my good people, be on the lookout for this particular series to continue. Our next podcast episode will feature one of the most prominent, famous global leaders that many of you know all too well, Nelson Mandela. He will be next month's feature, so be on the lookout. All right, before the buzzer goes off, may you continue to find peace love and joy in your life and i'm out